Let's pray together. Father, I want to give you thanks how, Lord, you have blessed me, blessed us to have this ministry to the boys there at the Boys' Brigade. And today, as we listen to your word, from your perspective, how to minister to these boys here, I pray that, God, you will speak to us and minister to us, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I'm going to share something different from what I normally share instead of uh, talking about uh, ministry, uh, about a message that can minister to you. Now, I want to talk about a message that can minister to the youth of today. Some of you are directly involved in the youth ministry. Some of you are not. I hope that at the end of the day, you will be inspired to want to do something to touch the lives of the youth. Because they are among us and such a great opportunity. And we have this great ministry called the Boys' Brigade here. And those of you who are serving among the boys, I hope that you will inspire you and give you some practical notes. And those of you who are not, to begin to consider how can you play a part in the lives of these people. I have just uh, uh, stepped up to become a Boys' Brigade chaplain. I know uh, this is a very good ministry. I know that it's also a very taxing, tiring ministry. But as I listen to what God is doing among their midst, I'm encouraged. And therefore, I want to step up to minister. And I'm also very encouraged that some of there are, there are new people who have stepped up as Christian education teachers and officers. And people like Raymond, if you see his picture, he looks so much younger than uh, Raymond Kok is at the back. He's one of the pioneers of our Boys Brigade ministry. He has been in this ministry for 25 years. 25 years. And let's applaud him. He's behind there. <laughs> Thank you, Raymond. And those of you who are involved in the Boys Brigade, you know that it's not easy. It's not easy, but for him to keep on going for 25 years, you must be asking yourself, why? Why? There must be something special. Because he wants to invest his life in the lives of the youth. Recently, I I heard two stories. I want to share with you these two stories to encourage you. Um, Way back, I think, uh, year 2000, there was... The boys, ministry, boys Brigade Ministry have a very poor intake. Normally, our intake is around 10 to 15 each year, sec one. For that year, they only have three. <laughs> three, very jalat, very, very tough. Three, and um, out of these three, one of them is very timid and shy. His name is uh, Sichuan. And you don't have a lot of confidence. And throughout the four years, the officers begin to invest their life to encourage him, to help him. And during that four years, he did not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he graduated, he went to Poly, and he continued to involve with Boys Brigade. And people began to pour their lives in it. He involved as a primer. He went to another church, FCBC, and they poured their lives into, into him, and he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was so excited, he began to bless the other boys. And recently, he just graduated from NTU, and he, just now you've seen one of the slides there, he chose to go as a missionary all the way to Cambodia to invest in the lives of the BB boys in Cambodia. So you never know what God is doing in the lives of these boys in the small little parts, things that you are doing, and you are touching lives. Another one, um, uh, Tsai Yong is not here. Tsai Yong is another former BB boys. He's somewhere, having some exercise somewhere. Um, 
he called up another former baby boys called Han Xiang <coughs> to do exercise. Chai Yong is very fit. And they do exercise at a Swiss cottage. So they went there for exercise. I think it was last month. And during the exercise, they talked about life. And after the exercise, Raymond Kok came in. And Raymond Kok talked to Han Xiang and, and then asked him about whether he go to church. He said no. Then Raymond Kok took the opportunity to share his testimony. And he shared the gospel with Han Xiang. And Han Xiang, at that point, at that time at Swiss Cottage, he invited the Lord Jesus Christ into his life. Why? Why? Because he has seen how the Lord has touched his life and the lives of the other boys through the officers, through the people who have invested in their life. And then he wants to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And right now, uh, Raymond Kwok is following up. I just checked with him. I said, anybody follow up? Yes, I think last yesterday they met for follow-up uh, to help these boys. So this is a great ministry, a ministry among the youth. I'm excited because I've heard story of boys who uh, get into trouble, became responsible boy. boys, who, boys who are timid became, became leaders. Those who have yet to know the Lord Jesus Christ, they came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are many opportunities to influence these new generations for the Lord. They are not far from us. They are very close to us. And today, I want to share about this group of people called the youth. Some of you, I think a few youth here. The rest, if you go by the definition of the youth uh, and the worldwide one, it will, it will age from, uh, I think, 14 all the way to 30. I think quite a number of you may qualify. Uh, I want to share with you how to touch the lives of these people. Recent, uh, last year, uh, Celine emailed to, to me and, then, and I forward down to some of our leaders a survey done by a market research group called McCann Work Group. Okay, next step. A survey, they want to understand the youth, the youth of this generation. So I want to share with you some of the, their findings. I find it very interesting. And then I will share with you how can we respond, uh, what's a biblical response to the challenges ahead of us among these boys. They surveyed 7,000 youth across the world. And then uh, they ask questions like, what moves the youth today? Is it money? Is it fame? Is it justice? What makes them different from every generation that have come before them? One interesting fact that is very different this generation from the other generations, it's about technology. Technology, the ease of technology. They ask the boys to choose among the least of things, including cosmetic, cars, passport, computer, phone, and sense of smell. And a lot of other things. Ask them if they could only save two. Which two will they select? Which two will they select? About 53% of the youth say they are even willing to give up the sense of smell if it meant they can keep one item of technology, which is a handphone or laptop computer or computer. We all know how important technology is to young people. But a willingness to sacrifice one of their human senses shows that how intrinsic it has become. Technology to the boys, to the girls also, represents what? All the friends they ever had, uh, ever they, all the friends they could ever want, all the knowledge, all the entertainment they desire. Technology is more than just a useful tool 
or enabler. It has truly become their fifth sense. Their fifth sense. When now I look at my, my son, I see when he grow up, I couldn't picture how is it like in the future. Uh, when he was, I think, now he's nine. I think when he was seven, he was talking about Bluetooth. Talking about Bluetoothing, uh, getting music from people here and there. And then, yes, the way he downloads, the way he understands about the computer and downloads scares me. And that's what this generation is about. It's about technology. And what does it do? That it affects some of their motivations. Three motivations of the youth based on this survey. Some of us will be identified with that. Number one, community. A commune, community. The need for connections and relationships. When they ask, what would they like to be remembered as? Most of them want to remember not for their beauty, not for their power, not for their influence, but simply for the quality of their human relationship and their ability to look after those around them. After those around them. That's interesting. They desire people. They desire relationships. But the social media have created such an interesting change to this concept of friends. Why? Because right now, Friends are ever-present. You just take up the phone, your friends are ever-present, correct? And the definitions of friends have been stretched and reinvented. No longer are they just defined to, uh, confined to a small group of friends that they hang out with, but they are connected to a larger body of friends, not just locally, but worldwide. worldwide. And they desire to boast the number of friends. As a result, they begin to accumulate a lot of so-called different countries they term it differently. Some countries call it stranger friends. Some countries call it disposable friends. Some countries call it obligation friends. These are friends that are the outskirts of them. But why are they maintaining these friends is that, first of all, it can make them look popular. I have so many friends. Secondly, it can make them spy on what their friends are doing and they have comparison. And thirdly, they can show off and fourthly, maybe they might need them in the future. So just keep them somewhere. They have various friends. But the downside of this is that it becomes harder to figure out who their real friends are. And also there's a challenge to keep these friends constantly or continuously interested and to be entertained by their lives. And therefore there's a desire, the need for this tangible approval. And they want it immediate. How do they do that? they tend to update their status with something interesting. And hopefully, we want people to comment. Some of us identify with that. We want to, when we put our comment, but maybe the older you are, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, nobody comment, it's still okay. But some of the younger ones, when you put out a comment, you want to, you want to put out, update your status, you want people to make some comment. The more comment, the more excited, at least, at least people are paying attentions. And, and therefore, it can get a bit bizarre as you read in the, in the newspaper. Why are all these things important for them? Is, it's basically at the, at, the, at the heart of it, the desire to connect. The desire to connect. And it was asked in this area of connecting what they values. There are five top values. I want to share with you the top the, the three first and another two later. First thing that they value, humility not to overplay strength and willingness to admit when they do not, people do not know. Secondly, they value mature, older 
friends. That's where you and I come to the picture. They desire mature older friends that they can look up to. They can look up to. They, they want peers, but they also want mentors. And last, and then thirdly, they also want friends to be always present at the right time for them. So that's their first need, the desire to reconnect. What's that motivate them? The second thing is authenticity. Authenticity. The need to see things as they are. The other two top value, one thing that they value most first, uh, one is genuineness. They want people worthy of trust. And the top value that they value most, same like uh, uh, the recent survey, I think last Saturday there was a survey done in Singapore, what, what Singaporeans value most. You know what's the number one? Honesty, truthfulness, truthfulness. That's a clear winner. That's a clear winner. The desire to be truthful, genuine friends in search of authenticity. Why? Because there are so many friends, so many fake friends, so many facts, so-called, in the, in the internet world that they want to know what is truth. What is truth? So honesty. And they prefer celebrities that are connected to real life and not so preachy that, that they want to connect with them, that they want to understand what is true. And their number one search for quest for truth is um, through Google. Everything Google. Now, right now I also learn. Everything Google. Everything Google. Nowadays, I realize that when teach Bible study is very stressful. I remember our CG. Bible study, they ask one question and you try to answer, next moment they Google already. Then you give one answer, you try to smoke your way through and then say, oh, by the way, according to this commentary, in this website, it said this, this. Oh. <laughs> if you do not know, you better say you don't know. <laughs> Very hard to smoke the way through. So uh, leading CGs nowadays are a bit stressful, particularly in, in Caleb CG. <laughs> so community, authenticity, and lastly, what motivates them is justice. The need for social and personal justice to do what is right. Social justice, what the need to do what is right for the society. As you know, in the Middle East, how through the internet, it caused a reform in the whole country. But I want to talk today a little bit more about this personal justice. The need to do what is right for me. What is justice? What is right for me? That is justice. Young people have reinvented the idea of what justice is and how it works. The definitions of right and wrong is coming more interesting. And based on this survey, they were comparing the past generation with these generations. The past generations, they will say things like, acting before thinking is a recipe for trouble. Correct? But this generation is, act first, ask forgiveness later. Ask for forgiveness, forgiveness rather than ask for permissions. Because why? Five minutes late is five minutes too late. Tweak now and think later. Tweak now and, and think later. They want to do it. They want to jump the gun. They want to be, always be first. That's why sometimes people may not be, some of these people may not be thinking. Next, in the past generation, staring at the screen in the company, in company is rude. To the youth today, looking away from the screen is rude to your friends because you're ever contacting. 
and I heard uh, in some counseling sessions when you are counseling people, normally people will look. They even look at the iPhone when you are counseling them. When you are talking to them. And the past generation not working at not working at work is a disciplinary issues. This generation's work can be disrupted by play. Play can be disrupted by work because you are ever connected. The more time the youth spend their lives online, the more the culture of the internet will influence their moral framework and the notions of acceptable or unacceptable behavior. So that's the generations they will see more and more. So, in light of these challenges before us, what does it mean to us as a church? As a church, they are not far from us. They are in our cool club, in our Sunday school, Lao Jen, our youth ministry, the boys' brigades, as well as in our neighborhoods, in people around us. How can we touch the lives of these youth? How can we touch the lives of these youth? I want us to look back at the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. The same principle that the Lord Jesus Christ used to touch the lives of the people of His generations is still applicable today. And I want to share with you just three simple principles. How can you touch the lives of the youth? And I believe this principle also can be helpful for us as we want to minister to people around us. First of all, the Lord Jesus Christ be there. Touching the lives of the youth be there. <clears throat> we need to be there because they desire community, Connections. In Mark chapter 3, verse 14, Jesus appointed the twelve, the twelve disciples, designating them as apostles, that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach, to have authority to drive out demons. Jesus Christ, though he did a lot of teaching to the masses, to the group of people, but at the final part of his ministry, he had only three years of ministry. The, la- the last one and a half year, he concentrated a lot on his time with the twelve disciples. His main strategy of continuing his ministry is through the twelve disciples. If you were to ask the Lord Jesus Christ, hey, do you have plan B? If, let's say, these twelve, they don't carry on your work, do you have plan B? I believe he will say, no plan B. This how I'm going to continue my ministry. He invests his life to be with his disciples, to be with these people in the close proximity so that they can influence the world. He spends a lot of time with them. They live with him, they eat with him, they laugh with him, they sleep with him, they minister with him. He was with them when they were in danger. He was with them when he was in doubt. He was with them when they were in need. He was with them when they were accused. He was with them when they were tempted. He was there to advise them, to teach them, to counsel them, support them, pray with them. He was always present. He made time for these people. In the same way, if we want to touch the life of our youth or the people around us today, we cannot do by proxy. There's no proxy. You need to be with them. You need to spend time with them. You need to position yourself to be with them. And those of you who are in the youth ministry, I applaud you for that. Continue on the work. And our youth ministry is in need of more and more people. Some new people come in. Some of the older ones step out. But we constantly need people to be with them. Sunday, Saturday after Saturday, another time. 
Same also with the Boys Brigade Ministry. The officers, the teachers, they are willing to give their time to be with them. And therefore, I encourage us, this is something that is time-consuming but it's worthwhile. I want to share a few examples. Uh, Joanne is not here. Joanne went for the women's uh, weekend. Oh, now I know why they are so such a empty. There is a women's weekend this weekend. Uh, I think 40 women are there spending some time with the Lord as well as to, uh, to encourage each other and to ponder God's word. Uh, Joanne is one good example. She is the leader of our youth ministry. And many of the youth feel very comfortable to go and visit her house. Why? Because she's always available, open up. And some of them spend overnight, some of them spend a lot of time with them. Together with John, her husband, she spent time with them. And uh, I also remember the st- story of another BB boy, I think it was Duke. Uh, Samuel told me that uh, when he was, he was in the early secondary school, always get himself into very interesting trouble with both the schools as well as the teacher. But through the time spent of the people, I think Juliana and one of them, his life began to change. And even, I think, on his birthday, he invited a few officers together with uh, Juliana. And his mother was very touched about the change of his life, Duke's life, because of the people who spent time in his Duke, in Duke's life. And this morning, the principal of uh, Swiss Cottage, he, um, he was here in an email to, uh, to some of the BB officers. He shared this, When I was a teenager, growing up, the single most influence in my life were big brothers and sisters in church. A certain Jimmy, a certain Audrey. These two were there for me, for me to look up to, for me to confide with, for me to emulate. If not for them, I would have turned out very differently. Even now, I use the Bible that Jimmy gave me 20 over years ago. When you touch lives, when you touch life, they will remember you for life. It is a great investment, but it takes time. You may not see the fruit immediately. Some of them, you might see it 10 years later, but it is a worthwhile investment. Another person that like to invest their life is Vincent. He's one of our elders. He has been in youth ministry for umpteen years <laughs> since I came to this church again. Why? Why these passions? Because he believed in being there with the youth. Being there to touch lives. So if you want to touch lives, be it be the youth or your friends or people around you, you need to spend time with them. Make, um, make space in your schedule so that you have time to spend with them, so that you have time to influence them. The second principle the Lord Jesus Christ did was being real. Be real. The disciples, they saw Jesus Christ in all kinds of circumstances. Let me just quote to you one example here. In Mark chapter 14, verse 33, 34. It's during at the Garden of Gethsemane, the eve before Jesus Christ was crucified. Jesus Christ, he took Peter, James, and John along with him. He began to be deeply depressed and troubled. And he said this, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and 
keep watch. Here, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the master of the universe, the creator of mankind, he said this to the disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He was not afraid to share that he was distressed, he was troubled, and he shared with them his overwhelming sorrow. He even asked them, please, keep watch and pray. I believe that keeping watch and pray is not just for themselves, it's also for the Lord Jesus Christ. He was very real, he was very authentic. How to be real and authentic to a person is when you are secure in who you are. You are secure. When a person has a great sense of love and belonging and security in who he is, in the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not afraid to reveal weaknesses in his life. And connection comes when there is authenticity. In other words, a person willing to let go of who he should be to show who he really is or who she really is and there to connect at that level. They are not fearful of rejections. To be real requires us to be vulnerable. vulnerable. The courage to be imperfect. And they believe, these are the people who believe that what makes them, what make them vulnerable makes them beautiful. What makes them vulnerable makes them beautiful. So when we are among our friends, among our youth, don't need to put on a big mask to, to show off that, that how good we are. It's okay to share our pains, to share uh, areas that we are weak in. I remember one of my mentors. Uh, at the time, I don't have a girlfriend, but he has a girlfriend. He has uh, uh, passed hurt relationship and now he has another one. And then he shared with me his struggles. I said, wow. Uh, I'm, I'm such a young fellow but yet he's willing to share with me his struggles with this relationship should he continue, should he not continue with this relationship though she's walking with the Lord but they are going in the different directions and together we pray but because of his realness caused me, endeared my, myself to him and when i about to court my wife, Karen the first person I look up to is my mentor I go up to him I say, hello, there's this beautiful sister in church. Her name is Karen. What do you think? He's not from this church, but I share the background and we pray. And he said, go for it. I said, wow, let's go. When we are real with people, people are drawn to you. But you need to be there and you be real. And thirdly, another principle the Lord Jesus Christ about influencing, touching the lives of the youth of our generation, the people around you, is to be an example. In John chapter 13, verse 15, he told them, For I give you an example that you should also you also should do as I did to you. An example. Jesus taught them by example. He set an example to them in every areas of their lives. Take for example prayer. He was always praying in the midst of the disciples until the disciples get very curious. They ask the disciples, Lord, teach us how to pray. His example caused the disciples to, to hunger for prayer. To hunger for prayer. And they asked him to show him how. In a 
in the use of the Bible, constantly you'll be quoting from the Old Testament. It becomes so natural that when you read the New Testament, you look at the disciples. Same thing when John, when Peter, when they speak. The Word of God comes very naturally. The heart for people, Jesus wind, they saw Jesus' heart for, for the people around him, his compassion, and they watched him in actions. And he didn't just give the children an example, he even gave them assignments. Send them out two by two to do ministry. When they came back, come and say, report to me. And he do an evaluation with them, post-mortem. And he supervise them, and he guide them. He was there for them. When I was um, studying in polytechnic, I remember this, I read this. He said this, someone told me this, lessons are caught more than taught. Lessons are caught more than taught. People learn best. We all learn best when we see an example. Someone who has lived the life before us and then doing that before us. And that's a great thing. And I believe our youth, people around us, they are not looking for spiritual giants. They are looking for men and women who have struggles with life. But you show them what it means to spend time with God to read, what it means to trust the Lord, what it means to overcome temptation, though we fall, what it means to claim God's forgiveness, what it means to listen to others, what it means to trust God in difficult circumstances, what it means to stand up for what is right, even though the price could be high. We can set that kind of example for them. There are times we will fall, but we they also learn from what it means to come back to the Lord Jesus Christ, to claim His forgiveness to be given the second chance and to move on, and to move on. And we all need all these examples. How I wished uh, today Tsai Yong is here to share his testimony. I asked him, but unfortunately he was overseas. But I said, can you write down your testimony so that I can share? Uh, since he's uh, among our miss and he's from Boys Brigade. And again, he shared about how Lord, the Lord used various ones in his life. He came from a non-Christian family. He had no idea who Jesus Christ is, who is a Christian. But he believed that through BB, God had changed his life. He joined at the time uh, at Sec 1. At first, he only interested in the badges and uniform. Slowly, God began to work in his life. His seniors and the volunteers make special effort to be with him, to teach him, to set an example for him, to be real. People like Jeffrey, Lincoln, Raymond, many more. Slowly he began to understand who and what God really is. He see the, the grace of the Lord and many things God have changed in his life. And then he began to come to church every Sunday for Christian educations and it was through Jeffrey's willingness to show and teach him, make him interested to, to know more about the Bible. And then he went with Bibi to Cambodia for a mission trip. For the start, he only wanted to go because his friends were there. He wanted to go there and have fun. But through the trip, he began to see a different world, a different life. He understood God's grace, God's love for himself and other people. And his life was transformed. There, he received the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, a desire not just for about the love of God, but for missions was given birth there at Cambodia. And if you know the, those of you who know Chaeyong, he went to Australia to study, and there his faith began to grow. And every year, at least once or twice, he will go for a mission trip to, uh, to 
one to sometimes to Cambodia, sometimes to East Timor. And he came back a changed person, a changed life. Why? Because there were people, although men and women, willing to stand by him, willing to be real, willing to invest their time to set an example for him. And these lives are touched for eternity. And that's something that you and I can be doing. So if you are not in any ministry that related to, relates to, to youth, and today you felt that maybe I can do something, I encourage you seriously pray. On the 25th of March, Ministry Sunday, you can drop by the youth ministry booth, sign up. Drop by the Boys Brigade group, sign up. Or if you cannot commit for a long term, you can commit at hot, at hot. As and when we need help, just volunteer or service. Be with these boys and girls. We can influence them for eternity. We are looking for older men and women like you and I to set our examples, to be there for them, to be real. I'd like to invite the musicians to come forward as we just take some time to ponder. Then we have the flag march out. just to, to ponder, there will be no um, response song today. Just where you are, pray a prayer for the youth that you know today. If you know them by name, just pray for them. That the Lord will use people around them, godly examples to influence them, what is community, what is authenticity. What is true justice in the Lord's sight as defined by the Lord rather than by the world? Prayer, prayer of blessings. And if today the Lord speak to you that you want to do something to, to involve in the ministry to the youth, you also dedicate yourself to the Lord.